0: Welcome, this is Couples Counseling for Parents, a show about couple relationships, how they work, why they don't, and what you can do to fix what's broken. Here are our parents, our dad, Dr. Stephen Mitchell, and our mom, Erin Mitchell. Hello, and thanks for joining us today on Couples Counseling for Parents. I'm Dr. Stephen Mitchell. I'm Erin Mitchell. And on today's show, we're going to answer a question from one of our listeners. So let's take a listen real quick.
1: Hi, my name's Renee, I'm from Australia. I would really love some guidance on how to communicate and engage safely and respectfully and productively when we are under severe pressure or are exhausted. I know that often the advice is to take a break and to not engage or communicate when we're feeling really stressed or really tired. but I honestly feel like I'm really tired all the time, and I would really like to be better at communicating when I am experiencing extreme tiredness or stress.
0: Thank you. So, how do you and your partner communicate effectively in the midst of being overwhelmed and tired?
1: I think this is probably one of the most common uh Wrestling struggles, sort of um the place that gets parenting partners feeling pretty deplete.
0: Most certainly. Renee, it's a great question. Absolutely. And I, th- I think it's reflective of where a lot of parenting partners are. Um so I think it's a really it's a really important question. And I think too, in the question from Renee, there's there's also these a reflection of the good intentions as well about communication. Like I want to communicate productively, respectfully, efficiently. Um, th- there's a lot of good desire um, behind that, but stress and being tired can be real barriers.
1: So the way I sort of hear Renee's question. And maybe what I'm hearing maybe is my own question through Renee's, you know, um, a good question can help you think of like, oh, that's what I mean to say. But I think what a lot of parenting partners are feeling is I'm raw, I'm tired, I am primed and ready for hurt feelings. Basically, the only thing I can tolerate hearing is you're doing a great job. I love everything about you. You're exceptional. And anything else feels like you're, you're missing it. Um, or,
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, and I think that, that that's a that's a great point because I think there's kind of two scenarios where Renee's question uh, really really emerges. I think one is yes, you're in this depleted state, you're feeling sort of raw. Both are. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's
1: right. Yeah. Both
0: of you, and in, in this in this place of real vulnerability, and so what that can mean is it it is really hard to talk about hurt feelings disappointments, or even like if you have like something that um, uh, like a conflict or something you want to address with your partner that might feel like it's hard, that's really, really tough to do.
1: And I think that what's interesting about that, so you're sort of talking about like two sides of the same coin, right? Like trying to express something a little bit deeper than how was your day. Yeah. But even that, but uh, it's so easily misinterpreted because how how those two things can be brought up is you could be talking about taking out the recycling, or you could be talking about bedtime, or you could be talking about your day at the office, or yeah. you could be talking about your you know commute. It doesn't really matter. Those things can activate those um, tender places so quickly.
0: Yeah. And and I think at the core of all of this, of wanting to communicate too is this desire of wanting to say to your partner, Hey, I want to connect with you. I, I want to be close with you. And so I think that that's the second scenario. So there's kind of these more challenging conversations that you can get sideways in. But then there's also these other kind of more eh, Vulnerable. I mean, they're both vulnerable, but a vulnerable expression of a desire, like, "Hey, I want to connect with you. I want to be close." I think both of these types of conversations really get overshadowed by, "I'm stressed. I'm tired. I don't know how to communicate." Well, right,
1: because in stress and exhaustion, we react. Everyone's reacting. So much has been lost.
0: Yeah, everything gets tight, and we're gonna re- we're gonna talk about that, like. Um, communication between couples is, is really healthy and successful when the environment, when the feeling of it feels open.
1: And I think that's what Renee is expressing, right? Like, so I get it. Like we all took, you know, I don't know. We all have some concept of what healthy communication could or sure. should look like, sure. um, but we're not there. We aren't open. We are tight. We are stressed. We are exhausted. How do we approach one another in those yeah.
0: places? Yeah, So, so we Aaron and I were thinking about this, and we're like, okay, what what might be um, a, a potential a potential scenario? Um, where this, where Renee's question really kind of comes to life. Um, and so in our conversations with couples and our conversations with one another, um, kind of a scenario that we, uh, were thinking of was something like this. So let's say you have, um, partner one and she's a working mom and she works outside of the home. Uh, something really unique for today's, uh, time and place with COVID, but, uh, you know, people are working outside the home a little bit more um, uh, going back to that. So, you know, partner one, she's, she's back at the office. Uh, partner two is also a working mom, but they work from home and partner one generally has to get up early, get out of the house and get on the road to make it to work. And then you at work, they're, you know, they're in a management position, or they have a few more uh, responsibilities uh, maybe than others in their workplace, and they feel a lot of pressure uh, in that role. And that's kind of partner one's world. Partner two works from home, but because they're at home, they end up dealing with more of the domestic responsibilities in the home also. They get the kids to school, they start the laundry, they do the dishes. They get evening meals prepped and started for the evening rush when everyone comes back (laughs) from home. The evening rush is very, isn't that what it feels like? Um, And in a lot of ways, partner two feels that they have some extra parental duties that their partner who's working outside of the home doesn't have. And kind of and this kind of happens some a lot of times outside of people's awareness, but but there's there's beginning to be a little bit of a buildup uh, of, of feeling kind of that uh, extra responsibility. And and we could even say, you know, maybe partner two knows this is happening. Maybe they don't. Um, but nonetheless- same for
1: partner one. Yeah. They exa- may or may exactly. not be aware of the extra responsibilities.
0: Exactly. But there's not a lot of time to even really check in with each other. You know, they both get home from work then it's, the you know, there's, there's something to do with the kids or my mom okay. always
1: called that the second shift.
0: Yeah. The se- yeah. Mm-hmm. The second shift starts and then put the kids to sleep. And you know, it's not uncommon for both of them to fall asleep, uh, with the kids, uh, when they're doing that. You're or, now talking about our life. Yeah. Uh, fall asleep with the kids all the time. Yes. Um, or, you know, if they do, manage to survive uh that period and be awake they come out maybe there's some work that they've got to finish up or maybe they're just so tired like all they really have the energy to do is just sit there on the couch and just sort of zone out um and so i, I think this is a pretty typical typical couple in the in the sense that they're tired they're stressed and there's not really that good perfect context for communicating just period um about anything. Um and then, so that's kind of their environment. But so let, let's say partner 1 comes home uh one day uh after work and the kitchen still has breakfast dishes in it. The dishwasher hasn't been emptied and the house is a little messier than usual. They assess the situation and then they say to partner 2, "Hey, what happened here? The breakfast dishes are still on the sink."
1: I'm physically activated. <laughs> I have more often been partner two in this scenario. Yeah. Um, I have been partner one, and I have said what happened here. Um, but I do feel more connected to the partner two in this scenario.
0: Yeah. And so which partner are you feeling connected with? Yes. You know, kind of keeping that in mind.
1: And um, and I'm activated. I feel <laughs> a little frustrated with you, frankly.
0: I feel a little <laughs> frightened reading this script here, uh, to be honest. But So, so partner two, here's this. And then all of a sudden, whether they, you know, they're, they're not really aware of it, but oh, there's just this, there's just this buildup, the weariness, the stress, stress, and the frustration kind of pours out. And they're like, are you kidding me? I'm so sorry that today I had a really important work meeting and I couldn't get to your dishes in the sink. It must be nice to just get to the office and be able to focus on one thing
1: ouch Ooh, right yeah uh, i i hear that i don't uh, yes so i think it, it again it doesn't matter if partner one or two knew about this that this was building over time i i generally am not aware i i think i dare say i think most parenting partners don't feel aware that resentment is building sure. until that moment where they feel
0: very invalidated. Yeah. And, and so I think that this is...
1: Whether or not that was partner one's intent or not exa- is exactly. irrelevant in that moment.
0: Well, and I think this can speak to, to some of what Renee was asking in terms of you're tired, you're stressed. There's something that you want to communicate. Sometimes you know what it is. Sometimes you don't. And there's it comes out like this. It's not productive. It's not respectful. It's just... A mess because, you know, I, I think you could imagine what kind of conversation partner one and partner two are going to have now that this has happened. And so, the the question is, how do you avoid this? Right? How how could partner two have taken a time out, time out or whatever it is? And I think one of the one of the crucial things maybe to remember is that in a couple relationship, as parenting partners the context is is always going to be filled with stress and being tired there you can't create a perfect context
1: i don't know that that feels fair i don't know that your context always feels stressed and tired i think what does feel at least to me more universally true is i always feel like i'm working my hardest
0: sure and, sure and yeah
1: um, because yeah. because i do think stress has a negative sort of connotation to it that I don't think is or isn't true. Um, but I don't always feel stressed. But I do always feel like I'm giving it 110 over here.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: I would like for you to keep that in mind when you question my mess sure, or you question sure. my inability to do what was right, it, the so- dishes in the sink. That That is that is hurtful to me. That sure. is, and that is almost always going to be hurtful to me. In that reactive place, and yeah. I think that's what you're speaking to—that it's hard not to—it's—it's it's hard to get out of that reactive place.
0: Yes, so I think that's a good distinction. And so then the question is, like, so, so what do you do? Like, like what would like a healthy interaction really look like? And I think fundamentally, like one of the themes that we're going to talk about here today is that the context might be tired and stressed, and there might not be um, an ability to shift that. But what couples can focus on and think about is the posture of their communication. How can they have a posture that is more open and not closed? Stress and being tired kind of bring your body, your mind, your spirit into a kind of a tight, closed place. And so how can, how can a couple relationship? have more of an open posture when it comes to communication. So that's kind of w- what I we're really getting at. I really like
1: that. I like that idea of a uh, how you're approaching, like what your posture is because even sometimes in this conversation you might feel like you are approaching the conversation sure. open, but you know sooner since your partner's closed posture and it you know it brings that reactive closed posture to match.
0: Yeah, and so um I I think that there's there's a great um thinker in the in the world of therapy. By, his name is Dan Hughes, and he's a, a researcher and a therapist and um, works with parents and kids and all this kind of stuff. And he talks about what a healthy posture of openness and communication looks like in relationships. And I, I want to kind of use some of his ideas here um, to to kind of uh, be a springboard uh, for what we're talking about in terms of that open posture of communication for couples.
1: Well, the reason I really like it is it's an acronym. And in those moments, I, I do, I am able to, I'm not able to access all of the parts of myself I'd like to all the sure. time, but sometimes I can have something quick and easy to come back to if it is quick and easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so the acronym uh, Hughes uses is an acronym called. Uh, that spells PACE, P-A-C-E. And we'll just kind of run through what that acronym is and then we can kind of think through what that looks like for couples in their relationships. So the first part of the acronym is P, and that means playfulness. And so you're gonna have an, a posture of playfulness. And the reason this is important is because playfulness opens up our brains and our bodies. It releases oxytocin, which is a hormone that pro- promotes feelings of safety, an approach in human beings, not withdrawal. And playfulness is something that can be communicated in your, your body posture, the nonverbals, the spoken word, a simple phrase, a twinkle in the eyes, whatever it might be. But the, the whole idea behind playfulness is if we have a posture of playfulness towards our partner, it's a posture that feels safe and inviting. Right. Um, and we'll kind of, you're like, you know, playfulness when you're feeling in conflict on it. Yes. Yes. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the first part is a posture of playfulness. I think
1: there are probably those of us that resonate with that one. Um, sure, I don't sure. know that it feels that absurd. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but and so
0: the, the second acceptance,
1: uh, so the non-judgmental stance, that's not trying to establish the rightness or wrongness of someone. Um, it's more of a promotion of a sense of safety and keeping the other from being defensive, keeping your Yourself from being defensive. Um, It's sort of an attempt to keep sort of those protective strategies, those tight places, a little bit at bay.
0: Yeah. So posture of playfulness, of acceptance, not judging what someone is saying, just saying this is what they're saying and interacting with it. Uh, The the third part is C, which is curiosity, and curiosity can um, be defined as just a purposeful working to understand, to know and come to a place of shared meaning with a person. So if, if they're saying something, that you express an interest in what they're saying. Uh, and that, again, to express that interest, that wonder, curious questions, is inviting. It is open. To, um, to question someone, um, to make them have a feeling that they have to prove something, closes someone's body, mind and spirit to communication so curiosity keeps us open uh, to interacting yeah
1: we're talking about sort of the absence of accusation i think Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. um and then that this sort of the net result of this is empathy so it's a process where we're working together we may not agree you may have hurt my feelings i may have hurt yours it might have started awful um but We are going to work on this. We are together. I am going to assume your best here. I'm going to assume my best here. Um, And what ends up happening is it feels like we have shared empathy.
0: Yeah. And so, well, so empathy uh, could be simply defined as this idea I feel like you get me. It feels like you get me. And so, when there's playfulness, acceptance, and curiosity in communication, when that's your posture of communication, the net result is you and your partner feel like, oh, they get me.
1: So my two um, sort of beefs with these already that we we hear from couples is but that idea one of empathy, um, that it, it starts to feel like agreement, that I have to agree um, to feel like my partner's going to feel like I get them. I have to agree with them. And what if I don't? And is that what you're saying?
0: No no it, it, it isn't because i think that you the the whole idea in in empathy is is not to come to a, a place of agreement but simply to try and imagine where the other person is coming from. Um so for example if we were if we were to think about partner 1 and partner 2 right so if we if we were to walk through like um what was going on What what was going on? Well obviously there wasn't any playf- playfulness there it felt instantly like an accusation to partner two. There wasn't an acceptance of what partner one said. There wasn't a curiosity about it. Part, partner one probably felt the same way. Like
1: I'd like to, my second beef was with the word acceptance. I think mm-hmm. that this is a common word that we get a lot of pushback sure. on. And I feel understandably because I think the word, I get it, but I do think it, I, I wish it was a better one because I think acceptance can sort of have a, a connotation for, for be feeling defeated or like, well, I have to lower my bar or I just have to accept this situation as it is like partner two should just like, oh, well, they're allowed to say you should have done the dishes and I'm supposed to be okay with that. And I do not think that is what healthy communication looks like.
0: Sure. Most certainly. So I think that maybe we'll go with the acceptance part and we can get to what the, what empathy yes. uh, feels like. So I th- what would it look like for partner two to accept what yes. partner partner one has said. Well, I think I think it might look something like this. Partner two hears partner one say, "Ah, oh, hey, what happened here? There's still breakfast dishes in the sink. Uh, I'm activated again. <laughs> right. Just... Acceptance in that moment is not partner two being like, Oh, that's cool. I'm good with them asking me that question. Well, I haven't done their dishes yet. It's rather, huh? I don't like that that's what partner 1 has said to me. What I'm going to do though is I'm not going to judge them for saying it. I'm not going to I'm not going to say how in the world could you say that? I'm going to recognize that they said it. I'm going but then I'm going to communicate what that means to me to yes. them. It doesn't mean I like it, but but if you notice like if I judge what partner one said. Because I I have no idea why partner one said what they said. My imagination could be like, because they don't get it, because they're always this way, because they're- Entitled,
1: selfish, self-absorbed,
0: those words. Whatever it might be. That would be judgment. But to accept what they said would be like, huh, I don't like that. But- I wonder how I could be curious about what's going on for them. Like, why did they I'm, say that?
1: I think for me, too, I am feeling very much like I'd like to take that comment personally.
0: Sure. I, yeah. I, I
1: am taking it personally. Yeah. I, ne- I do need, though, to check in and say, like, what is happening here?
0: Yeah, and I think what that then co- comes back to. So you know, partner two, like um, you know, let's say, let's say you know, obviously the the conversation has been blown. Let's let's say partner two comes back to to partner one and tries to kind of re-engage in a playful way. Maybe, maybe they say something like, "Hey, so if we are rating how I responded to your question about the you know, kitchen, the dishes in the kitchen sink, probably two out of ten in terms <laughs> of you know, two being like." really bad response Ten being a wonderful response. Really sorry. Can, can, can we start again? I am realizing that that really hit a place in me when you asked me that question. Um, and I, I don't want to, you know, judge you, you know, just jump down your throat for why you ask it, but you know what? I've just been feeling a little overloaded with all the things that I'm doing and you came and you asked me that question and it just sort of made me feel, um, like, like maybe you haven't noticed like how much I've been doing or, or felt like, um, what was happening for me in my day and why I didn't get to the kid, you know, the dishes wasn't important. It just, it kind of hit me the wrong way. Um, and I responded strongly. I think in that there's acceptance of not trying not to judge what was said. There is curiosity in terms of saying, Hey, this is what happened for me. And then they can say, Hey, what happened for you? And then that can open up. That's a more open posture of communication.
1: I I get that in terms of the posture being open or closed, because I think in that first example, when it goes off the rails, Right. It, it is an immediate accusation. You, you hurt my feelings and I am going to react. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is, and I, I do like that you're coming back after um, because it happens. Right. Um, I do think, I do think this posture though can sort of. Um,
0: well, it can go both ways because let's say partner two doesn't do that. Let's say partner two just walks off and is all upset. Well, partner one, it's, if both partners are working towards this posture it will help communication because let's say partner one looks at this and is like, whoa. Looks at what? Looks at partner two. And partner two has responded very strongly after already, the mm-hmm. comment has been said. And they say, you know what? I'm not gonna judge partner two for jumping down my throat. Obviously, there's something going on. I'm gonna give them I the just benefit of a nerve. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, and partner one comes back and says, Hey.
1: Well, I think ideally though too, Steven, it If both partners have this posture, the initial comment ideally would sound a lot different.
0: Sure. Maybe, maybe not because we're not perfect people, right? And so- so th- these these misses can happen, but yes, also maybe the initial approach would be different as well.
1: Right, I, I'm not. Yes, exactly. These misses do happen, but I do think even then the the approach when you see those dishes, because again, I have also been partner one, and I've walked in and been like, what what has happened here?
0: Sure, you're sure.
1: expecting me to clean up your day.
0: um yeah so yes that's i think that's a great comment of like what could be going on for partner yes
1: and so i i so i have been that partner but to wonder like what has happened here rather (laughs) than the how dare you impose and think my time is less important than yours um what what happened like you this isn't typical and i think this is a distinction too when these are patterns that are all the time they need to be addressed when these are one-off things when you know um
0: yeah like
1: it's unexpected that curiosity comes more naturally i think like whoa what really did happen here Mm -hmm. but day after day if you feel like that same thing the dishes in the sink or the you know socks on the floor or the they never fill the gas tank whatever it's literally the most ridiculous things but they wear on you. Because right. it's not about the gas tank. It's not about the socks. It's not about the dishes. It's about feeling like you value me. You see that I'm important. You see that I'm working hard too. You aren't entitled to feel like your time, space, energy, effort is more than mine.
0: Right. And in that, and in that if you notice, both partners with an open posture of communication are working to understand themselves and their partner. Yes. And, and, and again, it's not just saying, okay, whatever you do is fine, that you can accept what someone has done and not like it. You can be curious about what was going on and, and the whole experience, not want it to happen and not want it to happen again. And the whole experience of being playful, accepting and curious results in both of the partners kind of being like, okay, we're, we're both working hard here. To try and get to a place of like understanding of what's going on. Great. And the feeling of that is what empathy is. Right. And and again, you don't have to agree with what's happened. Partner two could be like, I don't, I like, I don't like that you asked me that question. And partner one could be like, well, I don't like that you left the dishes in the sink and it made me feel right. Okay, fine, fine. That happened. You don't have to agree on that, but you can work. Together towards describing your your experience and also being curious about and trying to understand where your partner's coming from,
1: I think one of the best um sort another sort of hack or tip or try to a thing to keep in in top of mind is what you just said. We're both tired. but I can assume you're best. I would like the same from you or approaching that conversation with, I am tired, or I don't even know if I'm understanding this right, like I know that I am at an eleven, and so I, I get that I might be feeling this at an eleven versus the three you meant it as, but yeah. I need to talk about this, and I need us both to keep in mind I am at an eleven,
0: and I think that some people are like, oh that's re- this is a really cute idea, wouldn't that be nice <laughs> but but honestly, this is at the core, the core of communication. And healthy communication because the opposite of playfulness is aggressiveness, the opposite of acceptance is judgment, the opposite of curiosity is cl- being closed. And
1: accusation.
0: And accusation. And there is no empathy with that. We talk to couples all the time about these communication difficulties. And and the simplest thing to say is we are always trying to shift them from a place of being aggressive being um judgmental being closed and accusing to being open these these things pace playfulness acceptance and curiosity result in you being open.
1: But I think it's important to note the the reason we do that, the reason we close off, the reason we shut down, the reason we say it's not, but I can't do that with my partner, it won't go like that is because we've been hurt. We have experience that tells us that is not safe or smart. And so you do need to assess that. And it does need to be a couple um, work in progress because it it doesn't help to just have your feelings
0: Hurt yeah, over yeah. and
1: over and over, and open yourself up to being told that you're wrong or that your experience is not how they meant it. So it doesn't matter right. uh, being invalidated. So we we personally and professionally understand these closed postures. Well, it's
0: it's hard. It's, it's, it's a scary. hard place to be. And and again, I think Renee really points out. I think one of the things that really creates a really hard context is feeling depleted by being tired and by being stressed. And so it, it makes sense that this happens. And yet, if couples want to grow and if couples want to move into a different place of communication, this is the work.
1: And These, honestly, are, these are the
0: skills. Yes.
1: By the time couples start talking about this it's usually been a long time of feeling like the opposite. Uh, So it's going to take a little time and a lot of practice, maybe not a lot.
0: but No, I think it will take a lot of practice because I think some people could hear this and be like, oh, this is really simplistic. This is too... Um, you know, that would never work for me, as you were saying. And and I think that for us. Yeah, I yeah, could try that,
1: but they would never try that.
0: And I think that I, I I get that, but a lot of that is because there's a durable pattern mm-hmm. that has been present for couples over many, many many years. And to change durable patterns, you have to practice different things so that they become the durable pattern. Even this is the durable pattern. Of pace One of the at.
1: sample scripts you gave, I forget what you said, but like my my uh, response was a 2 out of 10. That would not work for a lot of couples. That's something that
0: works for us. Sure, you got to fit. yeah. We,
1: but, and I think that's kind of the nuance. So that, and I would never say that to you, but we, I do know for a fact you would say that to me and I already feel it in my body. I would laugh. Sure, Um yeah. And that is why you would say it because it, it does soften me. And I do hear that you're saying like, I was not being who I wanted to be right then. Yeah, um, yeah. And can, can like, that is you softening and that immediately softens me. And for us, humor works. Um, right. but you and your partner have to have the same sense of humor because there is humor that you would try to bring to that scenario that wouldn't be funny to me. Sure. That would actually sure shut me down even Most further. Certainly and, and vice versa.
0: But again, that's the part and, that's and I the think practice, that that's the part of the practice. Right. And, and and I think that so oftentimes, and it's understandable, things are hard and you want things to change quickly and you want things to be better right away. And and that that's just normal it's human I, I i think i i really am sympathetic towards that and and then and then in my mind i'm like this is the this pace really can create an open posture in your communication and can revolutionize your relationship and it's hard work and and even if you feel like you're, you you uh, have some uh, footing with doing it it's still hard work every every day just just to communicate with with your partner and so well, Again, even with
1: yourself, yeah. So we, many of us aren't practiced in feeling these things towards ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, I th- I think the um, the thing that that is hard is for couples to recognize this can be beneficial and useful, but it does take practice.
1: I think something else that feels important, um, yes, the practice and two to. to- to sort of look at the timeline, your context of how long have we been practicing a different way? Exactly. So what yeah. is reasonable to expect yeah. for this to sort of flip the switch? Um, but I do think, I think couples are astounded by how quickly once one partner begins to soften, it softens the other. When, yeah. you, when I usually apologize first, but Steven usually shifts the tone of our mood first which softens me enough to want to even approach again. Yeah, yeah. Um, But everybody has to know their roles, and and everybody needs to understand who they are in their dynamic and who their partner is and what to expect and what to hope for and what to ask for because you are allowed to ask for better communication in your couple relationship, and most of us need it. Most parenting partners need some practice learning – Because it's not just communication 101. It's parenting communication 101. Yeah. In the midst of that tiredness and stress. It is different.
0: And so these are some skills um, that you and your partnered relationship can seek to practice, to be playful, to be accepting of one another, to be curious with one another. And then we we hope and we strongly believe that what you will experience is that feeling of being connected and being understood which is empathy do you want help communicating with your partner with playfulness acceptance curiosity and empathy our free communication cheat sheet is a great resource for improving your couple communication you can find it in our linkedin bio at couples counseling for parents that's at couples.counseling.for.parents today's show was produced by steven and erin mitchell If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating. This will help others find our content more readily. And as always, we're grateful for you listening. Thanks so much for being with us here today on Couples Counseling for Parents. And remember, working on a healthy couple relationship is good parenting.